0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, you okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you, you. You still have pro men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, things are getting spicy when it comes to the Red Sox search for their next chief. Baseball officer, president of baseball operations, whatever, whatever you want to call it, chief decision maker. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. So this is what we know so far heading into today. We knew that John Daniels, as reported here, that former obviously former president of baseball operations for the Rangers has decided not to pursue the Red Sox job, uh, even though he was very interested in it, did not want to uproot his family from Texas. Michael Hill, who multiple outlets had said that the Red Sox were interested in, working in the uh, baseball office, uh, part of the baseball operations office for Major League Baseball, has also, according to Bob Nightingale, said he's not interested in pursuing any opportunities with any teams. There you go. So that's what we knew heading into today. What we now know is that... There has been a significant, significant candidate put on the market, Kim Ng, who I wrote about, have talked about as I I, what I thought was a pretty good fit for the Red Sox. And she is 54-year-old, longtime executives, White Sox, Yankees, Dodgers. And, of course, Marlins. And she's been – well, she was with the Marlins for the last – ever since 2020 as the GM. Rebuilt that franchise to the point where they made the playoffs this year before being bounced by the Phillies. But one of the things that really jumped out about Kimming's tenure tenure is making some really, really gutsy trades. And some significant trades. And a lot of those trades were the primary reasons why the Marlins were able to do what they did this year. And it's obviously a smaller market. And you look at free agent signings. Maybe you get into a bigger market. You have more money to spend. Uh, and we'll see how those free agent signings go. But we do knew that, know this: is that building a team in large part has to be done through trades and gutsy trades and and trades that both sides are going to win. And, and sides aren't going to be like I have to win this eighty percent to twenty percent. Now Kiming has done a very very good job. Very well respected. Throughout the industry also has somewhat of a a working relationship with Alex Cora. Both were with the Dodgers from, well, during Cora's playing time and then, uh, Ing's time with the Dodgers. I think they overlapped for about four seasons there. So they know each other and that has to be factored in when it comes to talking to to executives who might be taking this job, because obviously Alex Cora is going to be the manager of the Red Sox and he's going to have to have a good relationship and, and have some sort of back and forth. Much like, I think even more, more that he had it with Heim Bloom along the lines of what he had with Dave Dombrowski. That's just the fact that was just the reality of it. So there is that link with Ng and Cora. All right. So you have that with Kim Ng immediately when that news came out. Everyone was drawing, drawing lines to the Red Sox job. And in regards to Kim's decision not to pick up her side of the mutual options, let me read this statement that she sent Tyler Kepner of the athletic. She said, last week, Bruce, Bruce Sherman and I discussed his plan to reshape the baseball operations department. In our discussions, it became apparent that we were not completely aligned on what that should look like and what I felt it was best, what I felt, it was best to step away. I wish to express my sincere gratitude and appreciation to the Marlin family and his fans for my time in South Florida. This year was a great step forward for the organization. I will miss working with Skip, Skip Schumacher, and his coaches, as well as dedicated staff and baseball operations and throughout the front office. They are a very talented group, and I wish them great success in the future. Now, one of the things that, or a couple things that you should know about this decision by Kim Meng is that, There had been rumblings in baseball that that, they had a lot of people holdovers from sort of the Derek Jeter – Regime and from the Yank former Yankees organizations and and people within that front office and maybe that Kim wanted to turn things over a little bit and it it sure sounds like that in the statement when talking about meeting with Bruce Sherman and not being able to do that and get her own people in or get you know that's really how this works sometimes you don't immediately have that opportunity but if you do come to the end of a contract you you might want to say hey you listen I'll stay but only on these terms. She did not get the terms that she wants, so she's gone. Now, another part of the equation that you hear that Kimming implemented there, which I love, which is she obviously picked Skip Schumacher as the manager. And Skip Schumacher was a guy who had almost gotten, you know, I think they almost gotten the Mets job at one point. And he's, he was an up-and-comer. You still you have to go on a limb for a guy who wasn't a manager. He works out, proves to be right, but also she immediately empowered Skip Schumacher to pick his own coaching staff, and so you go get him, you do your thing. Now, here is the question: A lot of people say Red Sox situation isn't palatable because you already have the built-in infrastructure. You have the people in the front office, you have you also have the manager there, but there is I've heard other people like that dynamic, like the fact that these people like the Eddie Romero, Raquel Ferreira, um, Brian O'Hara, and, you know, these sort of people, Gus Quattlebond, you know, these people along with Alex Cora have already established something that was pretty solid going back to the Theo Epstein years. And they're respected throughout the baseball community. And, you know, that as long as, you, once again, as long as you are okay, with that dynamic with the manager, which I think, the I, I don't know that Kim Ng would be, absolutely, but I think she would be, and it doesn't hurt that I think they get along from their days from the Dodgers' time. So there you go. So there is that. I don't think it's always about, oh, no, 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 you can't have this, you can't do this. Um So we don't know how Kim Ng looked at that situation, uh, but I'm just painting both sides of the, the equation. All right. Well, another name which I have uh, come across through sources is Thad Levine. Thad Levine is the Twins general manager, has been the Twins general manager under Derek Falvey, who's the president of baseball operations with Minnesota since 2016. 51 years old, before the Twins, he served as the assistant general manager of the Texas Rangers. And he's an intriguing guy because he was a guy that honestly, well, honestly, actually was in line to become the next Philadelphia Phillies boss. The job that Dave Dombrowski ultimately took. But they were way down the line with, with hiring Thad Levine and thad decided that he was going to prior much like john daniels did in his current situation he was going to prioritize his family and not uproot his family and decided not to go down that road but it sure looked like he was going to be the head of baseball operations for the philadelphia phillies and ultimately dave dombrowski got that job and we know what happened and we know where where the phillies are right now and the job that Dave is done with the Phillies. So it's not like this guy hasn't been going through this process and got to the end of it with leaving with people with the perception that he can actually do a job. And by the way, the Phillies in a market along the lines of, you know, what I think a lot of people think the Red Sox have. So and this time around, according to this talking to some people, it seems like it seems like that might be more open to. Entertaining the idea of taking a job at another organization. He's been with the Twins for a long time. Kids are a little bit older. Um, so there you go. Thad Levine. That is a, a name that has bubbled to the surface here. Also, I uh, came across a. It's a former longtime GM. Uh, or a, a long time GM who's currently not in a role of president of bi- baseball operations or GM who the Red Sox have talked to as well. We also, there's been multiple reports. They still really like Sam Fold, the GM of the Phillies, who the Phillies still obviously going through their, their stuff right now. So, uh, all interesting stuff as we head into, uh, the L- the LCS, the LCS league championship series. Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies, and Arizona Diamondbacks. We're getting pieces of the Red Sox search as this month unfolds. Yes, people have turned down the opportunity to interview for the jobs. But also, yes, I have asked multiple people in positions of significant power, not with the Red Sox, but of other organizations, and say, yeah, that's that's a good job. It's not – it's There's reasons for people that might want to turn it down. Certainly, I get that. I understand that. I don't doubt that reporting at all. Um, but I think that a lot of things in baseball, the truth sort of lies somewhere in the middle sometimes. And I think it's a case-by-case basis. So, you know, for instance, does Derek Falvey want to lead the Minnesota Swin- Twins as president of baseball operations after building that up and after having enough resources to get to the postseason and do what he wants to do? Maybe not. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to, even though he's from Massachusetts. But does a Thad Levine, a guy who is working in that GM role, who has lived that life um alongside Derek Falvey, does he want to do it? That's a different story. That's a different equation. Same thing with Kim Ng. She hasn't been president of baseball operations before. She hasn't overseen the whole enchilada. She hasn't overseen the whole organization to the level of, yes, you have a GM under you, and then you have the assistant GMU. And I know that we've ranted and raving about these titles and so forth and so on, but there is a difference in pay, a difference in power when you are the president of baseball operations. And, by the way, there is a big difference, there just is, when you're the president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox compared to the GM of Miami Mullins. That's not to say that she's absolutely going to be interested And that's going to be a no-doubter, but I'm just painting the entire picture here. All right, um, we'll have more Baseball Isn't Boring at BB Isn't Boring. We are in Philadelphia. We have more podcasts coming today. We have more. We have check out the podcast with another president of baseball operations, Mike Hazen, who was early in the day. Always a good time with Mike. All right, there you go.